Amen. All right. Amen. All right. In today's scripture, Jesus gets in trouble. Now, some of the religious authorities had seen Jesus as he was growing up. They'd heard his teaching, and they had originally been impressed. In fact, they had kind of earmarked him to potentially become a great religious teacher. So they were watching him pretty carefully. But what's happened in today's scripture is that Jesus has disappointed them big time. In fact, Jesus has broken the rules. So they're calling him on the carpet. He's in trouble. And in fact, he's gotten into so much trouble at this point that they have come to him to pull his church card. Why? Because he's been eating and drinking and hanging out with the wrong people. Now, in that time, who you would eat or drink or hang out with had deep religious significance. There were certain people who were considered clean and other people who were considered unclean. And it was their rule, particularly if you were called to ministry, that you you couldn't mix the two. You basically had good church people and you had bad non-church people. If you look at your scripture, it says that Jesus was hanging out with people of doubtful reputation, doubtful character. And so his ordination committee is very concerned. He's in trouble. And when they come to him, they say, you know, it wouldn't have been so bad if you'd just kind of shown up with the late night crowd at House of Pies. And it wouldn't have been so bad. You wouldn't have been in as much trouble even if you went to happy hour at JR. There's a few church people that go to JRs for happy hours, so we can understand that. But what ticks us off, what we're concerned about, the reason we're pulling your church card is that we also saw you at the mining company. (laughs) And in fact, one of us was at the ripcord just to witness. (laughs) And we saw you at the ripcord too. (laughs) So we're pulling your church card. You've broken the rules. You've offended us. And they would have even gone so far as to say, you have offended God. Now, at this point, you would think that maybe Jesus would try to explain himself, that he would realize he'd offended those who could control his future. But what does Jesus do in today's scripture? He offends them even more. He offends them even more by telling them three stories, one of which is printed in your worship folder, the story of the lost sheep. In addition to that, he also tells the story of the lost coin, and we're going to hear that in just a minute. And then the next story he tells is the story of the prodigal son. Now, when Jesus is telling them a story as part of his quote-unquote defense, He's actually using an approach to education that was very common in that time, which was to tell stories or parables. And Jesus knew when he was telling these stories that these religious leaders would understand that every character in the story would in some way represent God. That's part of what the stories meant at that time. These stories were more about God than about people. So what Jesus does at that point 
It's when he tells the story, the first two particularly, he uses people in the story to represent God who are the very people the authorities said he shouldn't be eating with. So what Jesus is doing here is saying, okay, you're telling me I can't eat with these people or I'll get in trouble? I can't drink with these people or I'll get in trouble? Well, these people are like God. So he has really offended them. And furthermore, he offends them either even further by telling the first story about a shepherd and the second story about a woman. You see, to be a shepherd was to have a profession that was considered very low. Shepherds were considered beneath everyone else. In fact, shepherds were not allowed even to go near the temple. Shepherds were considered to be so unclean, they weren't even allowed in church, even near the church. So what Jesus is saying here is that not only am I going to eat with people who aren't even allowed near the church, these people who aren't even allowed near the church are more like God than you all are. (laughs) Take that. That's what's going on here. It's one of the things that eventually got Jesus killed. (laughs) He, He was that direct and that pointed. So they're really sweating it now. But then he goes even further. After telling the story about the shepherd and ticking them off, he then uses an example of a woman. Now one thing that is important here is that every morning as part of their prayer ritual, the religious authorities, who are all male, prayed a prayer like this. Oh God, thank you for not creating me to be a woman. They prayed that every day. Now here Jesus is turning around and saying, this woman who you have excluded from the table and told me I can't eat with, and this woman who you are grateful you are not created as, is like God. God is like the very people you've excluded. And because of your exclusion, you are destroying relationships. So what Jesus is saying today in these stories is it is time for you to quit picking on others and quit creating rules that divide and start searching in your own soul to see the divisions that you're creating. He's turning everything on its tail. And it's a powerful, powerful moment in Jesus' ministry. I'd like you to hear the story of the lost sheep again and the lost coin from a wonderful translation called The Message. A lot of men and women of doubtful reputation were hanging around Jesus, listening intently. The Pharisees and religion scholars were not pleased, not pleased at all. They growled, He takes in sinners and eats meals with them, treating them like old friends. Their grumbling triggered this story. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and lost one. Wouldn't you leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the lost one until you found it? And when found, you can be sure you would put it across your shoulders, rejoicing. And when you got home, you would call in your friends and neighbors and say, Celebrate with me. I have found my lost sheep. Count on it. There is more joy in heaven over one sinner's rescued life than over 99 good people in no need 
of rescue. Or imagine a woman who has ten coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and scour the house, looking in every nook and cranny until she finds it? And when she finds it, you can be sure that she'll call her friends and neighbors and say, Celebrate with me. I found my lost coin. Count on it. That's the kind of party God's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to God. Mm. I, I love that. Stay there for a moment. Keep her, keep her microphone on. She doesn't know I'm going to do this. Oh, God. But um, there's one thing I want to point out. Uh, in the translation you have, when it talked about Jesus getting attacked by the religious authorities, in your translation it uses the word murmur. Now, Eugene Peterson, who did the message translation, actually, I think, is more accurate in how he describes what's going on with the religious authorities. He says they, they, they growled. And growled me. They were, they were downright hostile. Now, uh, Janice, you've been so good with sound effects today. Could you give us a really, really, really good growl like the religious authorities? Growl! All right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Woo! As Janice would say. Now, what's great in this scripture is that it, it, it's, it's about searching. And what Jesus is saying to the religious authorities is, is, you all need to search a little deeper. Search a little deeper about bringing people back together. Bring people back to the table. No one's excluded from the table. Uh, what, what happens, however, is that this scripture, which is all about inclusion and bringing people back, has many times been preached in a way where it has a, a we-them sort of feel to it. The, the focus is so much on the lost that there's this idea that the lost are over here and the found are over here. And it's easy for us to gather in church and say, we've all been found, we're here, we're so good, we're so wonderful, we're so self-righteous, we, we, we really do what God's calling us to do and in a sense to exclude folks. And what Jesus is saying is, we all are called to the table and the search never really ends because there's always more to find in God. Amen. And you'll find more if you come together. There's always more. Yeah, go ahead. That's, that's fine. We can do that. <laughs> and so part of my vision for us as a congregation is that we would be a congregation of people who are constantly searching for the more that God has that we would live this character of God that's described in this scripture. A character of persistence and courage to keep finding. So at this moment, I would like us to have a little congregational search. Now, one thing that I've started developing for us is a way for us to worship every day. So if you would begin by searching to page five in your worship folder. Uh, what I have here are some quotes and some scriptures for you to search during the week. But actually, there are a few of you today who actually have something unique in your worship folder that's unique to your worship folder. If you look, you will see the words hand-printed, God rocks. If you have a God rocks worship folder and you've searched and you've found that, stand up boldly and proudly with your worship. Because we have a gift for you today. Your search will bring you a gift. All right, who else has the God Rocks worship folder? Don't be shy. This is going to be fun. I promise not to humiliate you in any way. All right. When you search, who knows what surprises await you? And a couple of you have got some great surprises today. 
Now, one of the other surprises as we search this scripture that gives us another window into the character of God are the numbers used in this scripture. What comes through is, again, this is not so much about lostness, but about wholeness. And there are two key numbers used. In the, in the number, in the scripture about the shepherd, notice that the number of sheep to begin with was 100. The story that Janice read about the woman searching for the lost coin, the number was 10. In, in scripture, there's a number of numbers that represent completion and wholeness, and 110 are two of those numbers. These numbers are significant because they represent God's desire for us to have wholeness in our lives and for there to be wholeness in the community. Now, if you were a shepherd, one of your goals as a shepherd was to build your flock to 100. If that shepherd in today's scripture had only had 75 sheep, and only one was lost, the search for, the, for 70, that one to make it 75 would not have been that big a deal. But because the number 100 had such, significant, that, such significance, that shepherd went on a mission to return his flock to wholeness. So there's great importance in that number. The second number in the story of the search for the lost coin has great significance. Because these were not just ten ordinary coins. One of the traditions in that time was when a woman was able to reach various levels of maturity and completion in her life, she would receive a headdress that she would wear. And on that headdress was ten coins. And each coin represented a different aspect of values and character. In a sense... The headdress represented who that woman had become. When she lost one of the ten coins on her headdress, it's like she had lost a piece of herself. And that's why she was turning the house upside down. It wasn't so much the coin that mattered, it's what the coin meant. It's so that she could again walk proud as a woman in her community. So she was looking for that piece of herself that she lost. A return to who she really was in her deepest sense. That's why she threw this great party. Chances are when she found that coin and called this big party, she spent almost all that she had because in a sense she had returned to who she really was. She had returned to her worth and to her dignity. So what's coming through our scriptures today is that God is a God who searches for fullness and wholeness in community and within ourselves as individuals. One of the things I love here at Resurrection is that many times people will come to this place searching for something that's missing. And in this place, oftentimes, they will find that missing piece. Here's the story of one who found a place of wholeness as she returned to her faith community. Like many, I was raised in church but stopped going during college. Then, over time, I found that a piece of myself was missing, a piece I had to find. So I found my way back to church. My only regret in not, was not having done so sooner. Now, of course, at church you see the best and the worst of human behavior. The critics say that church is a hotbed of hypocrisy. They are right. 
Church is an excellent place to find greed, gossip, ego, and immature selfishness. It seems like some people are not there to worship God, but come with the expectation that God will worship them. Well, that's because the church is made up of, well, surprise, imperfect people. (laughs) The next next big surprise, you're one of them. (laughs) Imperfection is not necessarily a bad thing. When our rough, flawed personalities rub together, the friction that makes heat also polishes. And if we tough it out together, we all come out shining. And anyway, it's not about perfection. It's about wholeness. Yeah, when you search for yourself in church, you can be sure that God will help you find yourself. And also, you'll discover that the hypocrites are also the same people who will demonstrate human nature at its best. And as they imperfectly yet persistently imitate the radical love and compassion of Jesus. Mm. I love that story. The idea of taking the missing pieces of our lives and finding them. Searching and searching for the wholeness that God desires for each of us. What it means is just like Jesus was prodding the religious authorities to search further and deeper to search in their own hearts, to get beyond their anger to that deeper truth. Jesus is calling us to search further. When we search further, we'll find even more. So the two of you or more who received the travel mugs, if you could stand for just a moment. Your search is not over yet. Stand right up. Hold your mug up there for a second. We are called to continue to search. So if you will open your travel mug and search deeper, you will find something there. What you've found is a magnetic bookmark that has a letter on it. And the letter says things like courageous, confident, cheerful, cool. If you've got the letter C, uh, if you have a different letter, it's going to be positive characteristics. But the challenge I give to each of you today is to think of someone who you know who has the first or last name beginning with the letter you have and pray for that person and consider that person's search and perhaps become a tool for that person to discover what missing pieces may be in their life. We've got a card for the church so you can get them to our website or invite them here or bring them here. But our scripture today is about searching and searching further. Thank you, and you may be seated. I want to share one little thing. At 9 o'clock we did this same thing, and the person who got the letter T was actually going to be having lunch that day with someone whose last name began with T. They'd planned this time in advance of today's service, but the lunch was all about this idea of coming together and discovering wholeness. And the person, it's just amazing how God brings these different pieces together to do what God's going to do. And I know that both of you are going to have an impact on someone whose first or last names begins with these letters. God is a God who calls all of us to this table. God is a God who calls us to continue to search for the missing pieces. God is a God who calls us to search and find the wholeness that God holds. Let us pray. God, we thank you so much for the way that Jesus demonstrated your new creation with every conversation that he had and with every meal that he shared. And we praise you that on our behalf, Jesus was not afraid to break the rules, that Jesus decided to make sure that everyone was included at the table. 
And so he began that search that has led us to this place today. That search for healing and relationship and hope and wholeness. And we praise you for that. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on us as individuals. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on this your church. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on your world. And hear the prayers of your people who pray. Amen.